Hello, this is Satch. I'm coming on here to finish up from our last podcast that we did, Tips from a Homeschooling Mom. Um, Today I'm going to finish that up, and this is going to be the part two series. Um, If you listen to the very end of part one, you could hear that it got pretty rowdy between the two of our kids. So we decided, after attempting to do part two together, that it'd probably be best for me to finish this part two by myself and my sister Nika will also do a podcast for what her journey's been like. Um, Her son is in a public school. He's in kindergarten and so she has been doing e-learning at home. So she'll talk about how it's been for her to kind of have to jump into homeschooling and what's been helping her. So the last question that my sister had asked me was um, basically asking, since I live in a colder climate and can't always get outside, what are some physical activities that we do? So I guess it's probably best to explain my living situation. I moved from a warmer um, climate state where my kids were small and to get through the day we basically were outside all day and then we moved to the midwest where for the past couple years it has been it seems like the winter months have literally been much longer than the typical season should be so Um, it's been a little bit tough to adjust, but I would say it's been two years now. I think we have gotten used to it. So, um, what we do is, and I guess another thing to explain is our current living situation in, you know, in this state, we live, um, kind of in a downtown area where, um, it's a, a high-rise apartment complex that is mostly most of the people who live here in this building are young professionals there are definitely more dogs than there are children so um, even the outdoor space that we have in order to get to the green area it requires crossing a busy street um, there, there aren't any fences, and it's in a pretty commercialized area. So, for me to take my two with my baby, it's a, pr- it takes a lot of effort. So, uh, we usually go when my husband gets off because they usually want to ride bikes and ride their scooters. So, anyway, that kind of just explains why it's not as easy for me to just open the door and let my kids run out and have a break here and there. Um, But one thing that I found that was kind of, that helped me with this or now has kind of helped my school situation is I've set up somewhat of a school schedule, maybe similar to what a school would be like. So we have kind of set times to maybe have like a recess or a physical activity or maybe getting outside, maybe it's like a field trip. Because just like teachers, if they were to go outside, there's a time that they have to be outside. Otherwise, you get outside, the kids are so worn out, by the time they want to get back inside, they don't want to do any work. So that was kind of my method when I lived in Texas, is my kids would run around, run around, and it was kind of nice, 
but then by the time they got inside they were so exhausted so there's kind of that balance that I'm finding that I have to have with my kids and their school schedule so what I've done is I've built into my meal plan three days that I have a smoothie um, for breakfast and what this does is it reminds the kids that to get the smoothie they have to do their workout now their workout is typically what we're doing right now is a taekwondo like e-learning class it's about 30 minutes long and um, then they get their smoothie so that really helps start the day um, sometimes I can get involved too and it's always nice to do that um, and and so that's something that we do um, in the winter months we have a really long hallway in our building and because everyone's at work sometimes it's just nice that the kids quietly can ride their scooters and they can kind of you know take a little break from school by doing that so that's an option I know that if you live in the Midwest this is something that my husband did as a child because he grew up um, in the area his parents had a basement just completely set up you know for the kids with um, I believe a swing and just various things that they could do to get through the winter months um, for us we also have memberships which we have a you know one to like a children's museum which has areas that they can run and play we have one at the zoo um, and we have <laughs> two other memberships one's like a botanical garden and one's a um, kind of like a, a forest and so we try to get out and if we do do that it's more on our kind of fun day kind of like a field trip because it does require that we are there for a couple hours to make it worthwhile so the kids can run and play and one one thing that's great if you look at a lot of these places um, for example the botanical garden they have a once a month story time which if you didn't have a membership they would allow you to have access to their whole park so we try to meet with others and line our schedules up with this but during the week, I definitely have to think of it, but also just make sure that we do get schoolwork done in the morning, which seems to be the best time to um, for the for my young ones' brains to be working and just ready to go. So, um, with that, um, some other things that I wanted to say, where I think I've talked about it too, is we have something else in the community a roller skating rink has a uh, they have a homeschool program but also kind of a preschool program where you can go in and they um, can skate for two hours and there's a class it's really it's, it's a good price but they have things like this in, in many communities I believe if you just um, could do a little research and then um, in the afternoons twice a week my husband will take the kids to their Taekwondo uh, practice and it's great because those classes are about 30 minutes long but they're around other kids. Something that we've been doing for the past probably six months is about the time we're about ready to get for bed, kind of that last get everything cleaned up, get all our stuff ready. Um, get our pajamas all that we will put on music and we will we call it a dance party and the kids get to pick a song and we just kind of dance around and honestly all of us are breaking a sweat 
and um, it's just a really fun way to kind of end the night but also you know get the kids a little bit tired too from that and you know my um, one-year-old since we've been doing it for so long he's just so used to it and he doesn't have many words but he tells me when he wants to dance and so it's really cute how he's starting to really enjoy that so um, I guess this all kind of leads into the next question that we we're going to talk about which is I think a lot of parents are having a hard time with you know kids are used to these schedules at school and most of the time it's one class you know it's one class to the next activity um, to recess it just all seems to really keep the kids busy uh, and so when they come home, when there isn't that structure, just something planned for every, you know, 30 minutes, it's hard for parents to keep their kids entertained. And so I even found that uh, when I, you know, for myself coming from, you know, being in school for so long and starting to work, like we're all just really used to having like something to do, you know, and so it's hard when there's basically silence or nothing really on the agenda. So um, especially now that everyone is home, uh, there's definitely less distractions. And I would say that's, I talked about it before, but I'll take a picture. I have a board on my wall that has our, our goals for the week and we have goals for the day. And um, I think with that, you can relax a little bit because there's more time that we have um, when our kids are at home so we're not, you know, we don't have these time restrictions that they do at school. So a lot of times that's where I love the flexibility. Um, right now I'm able to do this podcast and my kids right now are kind of wrapping some, you know, independent work up by themselves because my, my one-year-old woke up really early and decided to take an early nap. So again, I'm kind of working with that flexibility and we will finish what we need to in the afternoon. Sometimes I have to give more activities or homework assignments for night, but I don't let it stress me out. And um, so another thing that um, I wanted to talk about with that is just a way to possibly kind of ease your way into it because it does take time for everyone to get used to that. I believe isn't isn't it like three weeks to create a new habit? And so for me, I've been doing this for two years, but I would say today my kids are fairly independent. And these are kind of the things I've done to help with this process. So because we're home and you know, obviously we have a TV, we have a lot of fun things, we have fun toys. So like how do we keep kids on track? So during the day, especially school hours, I really try to limit screen time. And I know this might be hard for people who do e-learning, but um, what I just try to do is if I'm going to incorporate it, you know, sometimes we do have screens and we do have technology that can really aid us in our, in our, our schoolwork or give us more, you know, opportunities to learn more. So I, I try to find that right balance. So in order to kind of limit that screen time that can kind of distract everyone, what I do is I tend to charge my phone during the day. So I don't charge it at night. That way 
Um, I turn up my volume. If someone's calling me, if I need my phone, I can go check. But I don't have my phone by me all the time because if I have my phone, before you know it, I open up this and that and I'm on my phone for 30 minutes. It's really easy to get distracted. And so my kids see that and before you know it, they're asking, can I play a game? Can I do this? So I set aside my phone and I feel like that is just a good uh I model that to my children, you know, like I'm going to get my things done. And in the morning as they're doing their activities, that's kind of the time that I'm doing all the things I have to get done for my day too, in addition to being available for them and teaching. So another thing that I do is um, I really utilize just all the free resources that I have around me. Um, the public library is probably best with going and being able to check out. I think between our whole, like our family, with all our accounts, I could get a hundred books. I never do that much because it's hard to keep track. But you know, if I get about thirty books for every two weeks, that really keeps the kids busy. And what helps me is I just go online. I know the kind of books my kids like. They're already starting to like different series. I can check them out. A lot of times, um, they will. I guess in my city in particular, if you request a hold um, or you request it from another library, they'll bring it to your library and I'll just wait until all my books are there and pick them up. So I do that. And in addition, at my church, we have a library. So every Sunday we will return books and recheck out books. And so what I do is I actually check out books myself because I feel like when I have kind of that downtime, either picking up my Bible or picking up books, it's just a great way to model to my children, like, okay, I'm going to find something to do. And, um, you know, they really see that and they want to do that. And my sister and I were laughing the other day because our, our she has, you know, we have little ones that are under two. They really try to mimic our behaviors. Her son is constantly trying to go to their home office and you know pretend like he's on the phone or pretending like he's typing on the computer well my one-year-old wants to do that too he's always trying to find my husband's laptop and just pounds on the keys so they really just want they see the things that we're doing and they tend to want to um, you know copy us so what better way than you know reading a book and just teaching them that it's okay to like slow down and I find that, I'm sure any parent agrees, you have to kind of remind them of the things that they have. But if they start a book, you know, they can be entertained with that book for 20 minutes. Or you get out a puzzle and you just put it on the floor, they may not think to grab the puzzle, but once you have it out, they'll entertain themselves. So that kind of leads to my next thing that I do is I tend about once a month to box up toys. Just with all the, you know, online ordering we do I just get a box I put toys in that I find that they're not playing with and then the next month when I see that they're getting bored I will bring out that box and I kind of do the same thing it's basically re-gifting gifts and they have the same reaction every time they 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 remember their toys and they like it so some other ideas too um, just with other ways to kind of stimulate them is um, ebooks you can also get those you know from your library um, I you know I think it is important to do a little research with those though because I have found some you know they are listening to it so thankfully I've found at my church library they have series that I've either listened to myself as a kid um, one we got 
we were gifted over Christmas a series called Jonathan Park that, I mean, your children, I mean, it, I feel like my daughter, my son can't really jump into it. It does seem appropriate for her age, but um, later episodes don't. So I feel like I kind of have to listen in and just to see sometimes, you know, with these ebooks, there's a lot going on and I have to constantly explain like this is not normal for there to be you know, constant drama but my kids definitely like that break just to go to the room you know either they they'll trace their letters or various things while they listen this is also the time that I'll probably that I have the other option of playing a podcast and I talked about this previously but there are great resources for homeschool for homeschoolers, um, even for languages, I'm teaching right now my kids Japanese, and uh, I'm learning myself, but there's a beginner's podcast that just, you know, every day it's about five minutes, and they get to listen, and, you know, we, we build on each episode or go back, and just listening to someone speak the language, I can play it in their room, and I can listen to it, I understand it, and so... I can kind of make sure it's fine but anyway I found good ones that really work for a family and that are interesting to the kids so um, those are some good options too as far as trying to have a variety in their day and um, some other things right now what my kids love is they have li live feeds for you know right now it being spring we're watching a falcon cam and a uh, eagle cam and we got to see, you know, the eagle hatchlings, and it was just so wonderful. I think that's actually what my kids were doing just like 15 minutes ago. 15 minutes ago was re-watching that video, and then they can watch the live video. They're watching the, you know, the eagle parents feed the um, baby eagles, and it's just so cute. And they don't get bored of it. They really enjoy that. So there's so much of that, either live... Um, zoos that you can look at or maybe in your area the two the two uh can uh, feeds that we watch are are basically in our area so it's really neat to 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 know that you know the building that we're looking at you know basically two blocks down has this this um peregrine falcon uh live feed so another thing going back to resources is there's just so many things that we have around our house, and if your kids have a specific interest, I know that it can get really messy, but that's, um, I guess that will be my next point, but I get a lot of boxes, and I get a lot of, you know, catalogs and ads, so even just sitting down with my kids and going through the ads and saying, you know, circle what we should buy at the grocery store or we get a catalog from a company that we typically buy at, you know, buy things from, okay, what would be a good gift for this person's birthday? And even if it's their ideas, they like to, to be involved. And so they'll do that. I, I order time to time some online groceries just because we, my son has allergies. So I, there's, company in particular called by the cost that I order from and when I get the boxes my kids will take everything out they'll organize it for me and in that time of just that fun they tend to play grocery store and so you know it's just it's kind of like a win-win they help me out they get everything out of the box but then they are entertained by it 
And so um, I guess that next point of, well, you want, you're maintaining your home. Things can get messy. Um, you have papers scattered, boxes all over. Like you want to obviously make it like a smooth day for yourself. So I try to find jobs that my kids like to help me with. Um, my son, for example, he loves recycling. He loves breaking down boxes or, you know, cutting the little bubble bags with his, you know, toddler scissors and throwing them away. He likes to um, just help me with those type of things. So it helps, you know, going through this that my kids know, like, you have a specific job and you'll do it. My daughter is at the age where she can definitely step up and help out. She's right now in charge. If I do laundry, she folds all of her clothes and her two brothers' clothes and she puts them away. We have a system, so she knows it. And um, we have a, I use a, um, like a responsibility chart. The one that I specifically use is by Melissa and Doug, but I know that there are so many out there. I have one for each of the kids and they have for every day at the end of the night, we'll review it and they have a specific chore that they help me with every day. Most of the time it's the same one. If it, if it is, for example, my son helping with recycle or helping to empty the dishwasher, the silverware, my daughter does the laundry, she helps with cleaning countertops, they can just say, oh yes, I did help you do that. Because those are likely chores that are gonna be something that are constantly part of my day. So I do think that even when they help throughout the day, it makes it seem like they're contributing and they have jobs and um, I do think that that's really helpful because I know even in classrooms, you know, for each day a child might have a certain responsibility. And so that even helps me out because it can get overwhelming for parents to then have to jump in and be the ones to cook and to clean. And so we have a lot of um, cooking that goes on in my house because of the allergy issue. I cook a lot from scratch. So I, I have to try to find things that not only benefit you know, my kids and their day and finding things for them, but finding time for me to do these things too so that at the end of the night, I'm not up until 10.30 or 11 finishing my things, but that I can enjoy the night and um, get to spend time with the family too. So one thing about school too, if you think about their day, I think with all the snack times and all that, they're motivated by food. My kids are motivated by food. If I just say, okay, lunch, Everyone pick up before we eat, it'll be done in a second. Pick up before the, you know, dinner or whatever. They are quick to help out in that way. So I found what motivates my kids and a lot of times it's just things that we would normally do. Like we have to eat lunch so they're excited to eat lunch and they will help uh, pick up their toys. Um, so I guess my next point was just that balance of screen time kind of something I mentioned before. Um, at the end of the day, it definitely is a motivation for them to finish all their schoolwork and when I do have to start cooking dinner for there to be kind of this reward and that typically is getting to watch a TV show. So that of course helps me, it benefits them. And I would have to say it typically works out that my kids don't watch any TV until that time period and they're used to it so they don't ask throughout the day um, sometimes if we're doing like a reading and today and you know I think we were reading about I forgot the name of it but it was some type of little um, 
it's, it's like a, it's in the crustacean family and it can like pound its fists and it might be able to like break a glass. We never had heard of it. So we did a little bit of research. We wanted to watch a video on it. And those are the type of things that we might do. But anyway, they're used to that. They're used to that research aspect of good screen time, but we will do the fun things. And that's not always the case. Sometimes that's where you have to just be easy on yourself. I have a one-year-old. My husband's home right now, so he can be helpful. He's with my son. You know, if he wakes up, he's going to be the one that grabs him right now. But um, normal days when I'm doing this all alone, if I'm trying to get the baby to sleep, I have things like pure flicks where my kids can go on and maybe watch like a short, you know, that's, um, you know, Jesus show as they call it. And I don't have to be really concerned about what, you know, that they're on like YouTube by themselves or various things. So, um, I also just heard of something called vid angel, which I think also kind of screens different, uh, platforms for watching things to, um, screen for children, but I haven't tried that myself. So my kids have DVDs and I can say, you know, I know that this series like 20 minutes, you can watch this while I get your brother to sleep. And, um, I think I mentioned it before, but something that we are already talking about because they are on screens is, um, just being careful with what my, they see on screens. And so I did mention it before, but this is a book that my sister shared with me. It's called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, and I'll link that. But they basically say if your children are on any type of screen, you should talk to them about um, pornography. So we're constantly talking about that because um, in any sec, you know, because we're, I mean, kids would have to do this at school, so this applies for anyone, but we can't always, you know, be over our kids' shoulders. So just really communicating these things with them and the dangers around them. So that's kind of a, a side note, but um, there are really good shows out there. And I guess my point of how you can even make that stimulating or, or just, you know, a little challenging for your kids. My children, my daughter, she has a notebook that she has two um, that she, if she's watching a show, which another thing I just want to point out is we're parents, so we can actually choose and limit the options that our kids have. I feel like there's so much out there, maybe too much. So I have probably at this point, maybe uh, I would say less than 10, you know, shows that they watch, probably way less than that, but that I watch with them and I know what they're watching. And um, what I'll do is most of them are educational in some way. My kids are really into wild crafts right now. Um, there's also things that they, they just learn little bits of information here and there. Even if it's a Bible story or if they're watching Veggie Tales, I ask them, what Bible story did you learn? And I'm always constantly trying to get information from them of what they're learning about. Um, so my daughter has to write three facts for every show that she watches. She has to title it, put the date, and sometimes by the end of the day, she's just like, you know what, one show's good enough for me. I don't want to write anymore, basically, and that's okay. And, and then sometimes as a family, we'll watch a show, but I just kind of, I like that, you know, um, you know, I just remember back to my days of watching TV. I found, I found that I, I wouldn't, I would walk away it was, it was just, I would 
days, you know, at the screen without even really, um, really taking in what I'm learning or if there was anything to learn, like could I repeat it to someone? So that's why I'm very careful with what they watch and, and how they can, and, and what they can gain from it, just talking about that. So um, with all that said, I just want to wrap this up by just sharing some words of wisdom. Um, what I first started off with my part one, so if you didn't listen to that, you can go back and listen to the part one of this. My, when I jumped into this, I was so overwhelmed. It was something that I didn't think I would do. You know, when I got married or had children, it just ended up kind of falling on my lap and me recognizing that it was what the Lord wanted for my life at that moment. Because I also realized that maybe at some point I may go back to work. Right now, homeschooling works for a family. And I find that not only, like I see the benefits of it, but I see what God's doing in me as well through this time. I feel like my character is really being just, maybe there's a refining process, the patience, the love, all of those things when we're around the people that we love on a daily basis to the people that, you know, we, we care about. Sometimes those are the people that we get, you know, the most, we could get irritable with because, um, it's it's just being a parent and a teacher is just a very challenging task and especially if you didn't grow up with that you don't really have a good model of that so I my story started with me crying out to God for help and I would say that if all the success that I'm having in it goes I have to give glory to God for it and he's still teaching me through this process and I every day recognize why I am doing this and what he is teaching me. So I would say seek him, even for help, even for guidance. There are moments when I have to step aside and just pray and have a moment by myself before I react. And um, I think I mentioned it in my first podcast, but kind of waking up early and setting that time to kind of prep, even prepping for your day spiritually, mentally, you know, getting things ready for the day, just like you would any job. I mentioned that I see it as a job and I know that probably seems like common sense, but really like if I were to be getting paid or if I were to be a nanny or a tutor, how serious would I take this? right now because I have been a nanny and I have been paid to do this and I know that when I showed up I was really motivated maybe because I got a paycheck you know at the end of the day but how I see this is maybe more like a pension you know I'm investing into my children and I may not see the pay I'm seeing the payoff daily but I really think that I'm going to see it more and more especially as they grow you know I'm investing in them and it's definitely going to be worth it, I know, and I see it already. That's why right now I can go back to work if I wanted to, but I still see that this is where the Lord has me. Um, this is where he wants me. So um, I had a couple verses in mind just to hopefully be encouraging, but Romans eight twenty eight and 29, one that we all may know well, which talks about for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. But verse 29 talks about to be the image of his, to be in the image of his son. And so for me, I feel like when I talk about the refining process, I feel like the Lord is really working in me to be more like him, to love my kids 
know, that's why I seek him to say, God, help me love my kids the way you love them. Help me to be patient like you. I think of the fruit of the Spirit every day. We, we actually say it together as a family in the morning just to be reminded of it. And um, another verse that I'm thinking about too is Romans 12 too, how we're supposed to not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of our minds that by testing we could discern what the will of God is what is good acceptable and perfect so that's sometimes when we need to take a step back our minds we can pray God renew our minds what is your mindset on this because our minds have been really I mean they're impacted they're their effect you know we're influenced by our culture so the way that we view maybe parenting or teaching or various things is very influenced by our surroundings so I am constantly asking God like okay your will is good acceptable and perfect if this is what you have for me in this moment please you know show me and help me and um, renew my mind and I feel like just seeking him on that he has helped me so much Another last point is, you know, Deuteronomy 6.4, if you read that, um, it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down and when you rise. So that was a reminder and kind of the, when I first started this, it, it really gave me like a peace and just even a confidence like God this is what you told us to do like this is the season that I can really pour into my children and show them your love and remind them of it like it says from the time we wake up to the time that they go to sleep and even if this is a short season for you to be a homeschool you know parent this could be a time that you instill those things instill the love that we have um, the, the love of God and um, because we may not have these moments all the time and I know that when they're at school they may not have that type of curriculum so if anything that can be the area that you grow as a family and um, it's that's really been the neatest thing is our family is really kind of uniting and uh, in our in our faith and just teaching our children the love of Jesus so, um, yeah, I, I guess I would just say, too, that uh, the routine and adjustment does take time. And so to kind of take that pressure off of yourselves, um, I talked about having realistic daily and weekly goals and just really recognizing that you can't compare yourself to other people because I have a one-year-old. Maybe that's why I can't do all these other things that other people are doing. But do what you need to do. And that's why having these kind of goals will help you get through the day. And also just really keeping in mind to not compare yourself to other people or what they're doing. Um, a lot of the curriculum that I have implemented into my day are things that just work for our family. Um, I obviously hear and I listen. The curriculum that I'm using was um, recommended from a really good friend from my old, you know, city. And I'm thankful for people who give me this great insight and tips. Um, but I also just kind of, on my own with my husband, we sit down and we think, what would be really good? Or, you know, this is our daughter. You can really fine tune for each of your children. And so um, another thing that I wanted to mention was just um, the importance of accountability and support. 
So my support system right now is my husband is very helpful and he's the one that I kind of go to, to, you know, we grade things together. Um, sometimes I'll have him like say our weekly goals kind of overflow to the weekend. He will help out. And then it's really good to see how he does things because we all do things differently. And then I can kind of see like sometimes if I'm having a hard time, with explaining something to my daughter, my husband can come in and explain it in such a way that like clicks immediately. So all of it is, of course, is humbling because we're learning how to be teachers, but that's okay too, is, is learning how our children, um, there's just different ways that they take in information. And so, and that's just one thing to keep in mind too. So, um, I know that there are also co-ops out there and there's great support systems if your spouse can't help out um, there are people that can walk alongside with you and for me I think a comfort was right now a co-op is not something that I think would be good for my family so I didn't sign up this year and I remember I heard another mom tell me that like a year ago and I thought well that's good at least you know someone I just felt like it was good to know that I didn't have to go down the same path that everyone else does um, for me to be in a co-op with a one-year-old with his nap schedule and having to you know my my son's like specific meal plan for his allergies I would have been so overwhelmed. It would have been a lot on my plate, and I think it would have added unnecessary stress. So now I do exactly what I need to do to get through the day. I have outlets for my children with the roller skating class that I see friends with, or I see other friends from church on specific days, and we plan outings. And then my daughter, she has an art class that she um, it's a homeschool art class where she's also, you know, has a different teacher, but she sees other students. So I have things that I've implemented into our day that um, will give my daughter the opportunity to have different teachers, but also to see other kids. There's a lot of great programs at churches, too, with Awana, and I think our church has like a, um, it's almost like a Girl Scouts, I forget the name, I think Heritage Girls. So there, there's great opportunities to get involved, but Another super important point that I want to make is don't put too much on your schedule because that can really take away the just wonderful like part of aspect of like having flexibility and being at home. So for me, that's why four days a week we get everything done and we have one day which is a flexible day and we can do something outdoors or go do something or run errands but i really try to be consistent where my kids have to get done their schoolwork so they are used to that routine and schedule which will be something they'll have to face when they get older they will have to have jobs they will have to you know finish things and have deadlines so that's something that i try to really make sure that there's a good balance of everything all right, and so um, I think that I, I basically touched up on a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. Um, I would just say last point is just really enjoy it, even if it's going to be another month and your kids are going to return to school in the, in the fall or even however this is all going to work out with you know this issue that's going on. Um, I just would say that um, you can just try to enjoy it as much as you can because our kids will get older and they will 
Um, we won't have these times. Work may possibly always be there, um, but these times are just so great that we can spend this time, kind of remove distractions that we always have around us and just really enjoy our time as a family. So I asked um, my family what they liked about homeschooling. My daughter said she likes being with her family, which she's really enjoying being a big sister to her one-year-old brother. My son said he likes eating and cooking together. Um, so the, you know, I know that that wouldn't really be something that he would enjoy if he went to a school right now because he'd probably be the odd one out eating something different um, because of his allergies. And my husband and I just both agreed that we like to choose things that they're interested in, that they can work at their pace, and we know exactly what they're being taught. So anyway, I just wanted to share um, what our family, how we've been just um, enjoying the homeschool process. And just stay tuned for the next episode. It'll be my sister Nika talking about how she's dealing with um, kind of jumping in, being a homeschool mom, um, and during this you know season that um, all our kids have had to to stay in. So, all right. Thanks for listening. Bye.